Alright, what is up you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host Derek. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, We're just going to get right into it today. So, have you guys seen Bright yet? That being Will Smith's new uh, Netflix exclusive kind of direct-to-consumer movie. Um, Well, if you did, you are part of 11 million that watched it in its first weekend. And this article that I'm about to read paints it as a low number, but I feel like that's kind of high. 11 million? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's, they. I mean, they compare it to Stranger Things, which I believe is like 15 million. It's opening weekend. Um, but I just feel like it's it's pretty high for it being somewhat of a new not necessarily a new format, but a new concept to consumers, you know, having a, a film essentially premiered on demand, um, but I don't know, here, let me read this article to you guys real quick, uh, so it's been a rocky time for Netflix's Bright since the movie was released earlier this month, on one hand, the film, which stars Will Smith, has been reviewed and criticized by Chance the Rapper for its shallow use of allegorical racism, um, while Netflix has reportedly already greenlit a sequel, which is fucking crazy, and we'll get into that next. Um, the newly released viewing figures point to one reason why Netflix has been so keen to back the film. However, with a reported 11 million viewers over its first three days on the streaming service, um, and this puts it behind the second season of Stranger Things, which was watched by one, or was, which was watched by 15.8 million in the same period, which is fucking crazy. 15 million people. Um, but essentially everyone that you knew was watching Stranger Things, right? Or at least that's how it felt for me. Um, but way ahead of the other highly anticipated series, such as The Crown, with 3 million watching its premiere. Which The Crown, I think, is like some fucking English-based drama or some shit, right? Um, I don't know. I, I could not give a fuck less about The Crown. So that makes sense. That three million makes sense. In fact, that seems like a lot. Because it looks like shit. Um, but the Nielsen methodology for viewing figures is limited to the U.S. and doesn't include mobile gadgets or computers. So the real figures could be much higher. What, that's fucking ridiculous. Of course it's going to be much higher. I mean, I'm not one of the people who would ever watch a movie on on my phone. Uh, maybe on my iPad. Why the fuck not, right? It's essentially, yeah, like a huge-ass screen in your hand. But obviously there's so many fucking people that do that. That's fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I, who knows how many more million obviously it's going to be quite a bit more i think i think more people than you would think watch it on their mobile devices um but yeah so staying in netflix in the netflix realm and more specifically with bright news um netflix is a officially making a bright sequel already already greenlit for a sequel Seems like you're kind of jumping the gun a bit, but uh, who am I the fuck to say, right? Alright, so reports suggested Netflix has been optimistic about a sequel to its blockbuster Bright, the fantasy buddy cop genre mashup starring Will Smith with a budget of $90 million 
Jesus Christ, man, that seems to have gone down well with fans, despite hitting a sour note with critics. Now, Netflix has made that official. <clears throat> Netflix will officially be making a follow-up after reports that suggest up to 11 million people watch Bright over its first three days of available of available streaming on the service. Um, Variety reports that Will Smith and co-star Joel Edgerton are likely to return, as is director David Ayers. Um, critics took issue mainly with Bright's attempts at using societal divisions between human, orc, and other fairy tale beings as a heavy-handed means for social commentary. But, audien- but audiences didn't seem to have much of a problem with that, with the narrative approach. Um, the film, tell that to chance, motherfucker, uh, the film scored a 28% rating on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, but an 88% positive rating from the general audiences. Um, it's a movie that represents Netflix, Netflix's first real attempt to branch out, not only into Hollywood blockbuster territory, but also into making a film series and potentially a cinematic universe. Given its critical reception and divisive fan response, the sequel will have a lot riding on it. Um, yeah, man, I I don't know. Have you guys checked it out? Um, I'm somewhat interested. Not not too much more than I originally was. Uh, but I don't know. I, I am excited to see Netflix venturing into its own content and possibly creating a universe and whatnot. I feel like it's the natural progression you know, once you have shows like Stranger Things and uh, and so on, and The Crown, I guess, which I <laughs> I couldn't be more uninterested in. But um, what else? What other shows do they fucking have? I know I'm missing a couple that are like obvious. Um, but yeah, it seems like the natural progression after the success of even just Stranger Things, you know, to do movies. Um, I guess I'll check it out. Staying in Netflix, in the realm of Netflix, I have checked out uh, Dave Chappelle's recent special. Well, mind you, there's two new ones. Um, Something with Birds and then Equanimity is the first one. And that's the one I've watched. Uh, Fucking hilarious. I feel like Dave Chappelle is only getting better. And, uh, I mean, if you're a fan, obviously you've probably already seen it. Um, but if you haven't checked it out or you're unsure, go watch it. It's fucking hilarious. Like just his commentary on the the comics mind is so fucking fascinating just in the way that, that they view society. And, um, and I mean, he kind of in it, he doubles down on his, cause if you guys remember when his first two standup specials came to Netflix, what, like, six months to a fucking year ago now? Something like that. I mean, that timeline's completely fucked. I don't remember when it was, but it was earlier. And, uh, if you guys remember, he was under a bit of heat for his transgender jokes. And, um, and in this, he makes mention of them. And he kind of doubles down on them, just saying that, you know, he finds shit funny, and he, he feels like he can just openly discuss these things with the audience and just have an open dialogue I guess and um 
and I don't know, I mean, I think it was, it was fucking brave of him to bring it back up, because it was a pretty heated topic, especially in such a PC era, but I also think that that's his point, is that when, you know, I believe that's actually right when he brings it up, first he makes mention of everyone needing to be cautious, because, you know, in this day and age, everyone's offended by everything, and we're more sensitive than ever, and that essentially, um, you know, we need to have open dialogue, there can't be these things that are just triggers for everyone, I think it was Joe Rogan that had mentioned that comedy is kind of like society's look in at itself, especially when you have things that are typically off limits, not off limits, I think it's crucial, and, um, you know, I, I believe he said something along those lines, and I couldn't agree more, I feel like, you know, he also mentioned that when you're at a comedy show, which I thought was interesting, he mentioned when you're there watching a comic perform for you, you kind of, it, it's almost like this hypnotism, right, like you're watching you're watching, this person's making you laugh, and you kind of surrender your consciousness, and you're, you're letting them think for you, and so you're essentially just going on a tour of this person's mind, and their perspective on life, and, and topics, and in a, in a time when we double down on, you know, when we're not only choosing sides, but we're doubling down on our argument, even if we know we're wrong, it seems like, um, I think that can be crucial to allow yourself to see so vividly from someone else's perspective. And uh, I mean, maybe that's getting super philosophical and deep when it's just Dave Chappelle making fucking, you know, uh, just some hilarious ass jokes. But I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there's something there and it is crucial that we have a safe place for this commentary because if everything's, you know, a dirty word, like nothing can be talked about, then there's not going to be any progress. And and it's fucking insane just to want to persecute people without understanding where they're coming from or their intention. And, you know, I've said time and time again, intention is like thrown out the door or not. Yeah, like, it, you know, I just feel like no one considers your intent anymore. It's all about the exact words that you said and if you said something I don't like, then you're the enemy and you need to lose your job. You need to be disciplined in some way, whatever way I see fit that makes me feel power. You know, that's what I think our society is slowly degrading into. And it's fascinating, you know, with us being so evolved, but seemingly like degrading and just, I guess, devolving into like this you know, back into this hostile, like, fucking ape that is just angered by whatever the other says and, and is willing to take immediate action for it. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's fucking fascinating. So with that long-winded ass, you know, uh, dialogue, I, I recommend that you guys go and check out uh, Dave Chappelle's specials. I'm looking forward to the second one. Uh, I have not gotten a chance to watch it yet. But uh, if that first one is any indication, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, he does make mention of it, though. In the beginning, let me just say this, like, he he opens it with, um, 
what did he say? He said that he's been doing too many of these specials, and when you stay in the light too long, you know, you, you can turn into Kevin Hart in that, you know, with that controversy, obviously, and getting exposed and whatever, and he, he continues to talk about that, so, you know, watch it if you're interested in that, but he also makes mention of that he's been doing so many specials, and he needs to, it's time to make America wait again after this, which has me a bit worried, you know, um, obviously, I just, I can watch a Dave Chappelle special every weekend, but then again, you know, I know that obviously for us to value, you know, his comedy, that is essentially what you have to do, right? You have to, the comic has to go and experience life and have thoughts on subjects that matter and then come back in a year or two years. And uh, hopefully that that wait won't be too long, but he does make mention of that. So, you know, kind of kind of unfortunate, but I get it. Um, and with that level of comic that, you know, that level of comedy also that we're seeing when we watch a, a Dave Chappelle special, I mean, I get it. Um, so with that being said, also, I recently watched the first episode of what is it? Season four of Black Mirror. Um, fucking fascinating shit, man. It's only six episodes long, though. The entire season which I kind of hate when they do that, but they're, they're each about an hour long. So I do look forward to watching the next, what, fucking five, but it's kind of, uh, I mean, that first episode, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but it's just fascinating topics, fascinating topics that they cover. Um, so if you guys, you know, and maybe on next week, you know, I'll have like a spoiler section where, where I will talk about it. Um, because it was so dope, I mean, just, the storyline was, was a good storyline, well thought out, I felt like, um, but even more so, just the future that it, that it presents, and just the, uh, you know, the very real and possible future that it represents is, uh, is fascinating to think about, so, I'll likely return to that and and more so talk about the episode in specific. Maybe by that time I'll have watched, you know, the second episode and then I can talk about that as well. Um, But yeah, if you guys haven't checked either of those out, I recommend it. Um, Black Mirror, I get, won't be for everyone. It's kind of like a sci-fi, like I said, like a sci-fi new age Twilight Zone, I guess, that's technology, that's largely technology based. Um... But I don't know. I mean, I say give it a shot if you guys haven't seen it. If you guys have seen it, you know about its greatness. So this is only more of the same. Um, And yeah, a fascinating season opener. I mean, just dope concepts. So you guys get the chance. Check either of those out. I mean, there's so much dope content on Netflix. It's fucking crazy, man. Um, With that being said, let's get into our next topic which is Barack Obama's playlist. So recently, Obama shared his music playlist that he, he I guess it was like a, just a tradition that he would do when he was in office. And he's continuing that tradition, which I appreciate because I think, you know, Obama is obviously a very 
not only fascinating, but, you know, a president that a lot of people still follow very closely and um, more so than any previous presidents, right? Like, no one gave a fuck about Bush after he got out of office. Like, yeah, bye, bitch, you know? Like, it's, it's just kind of like... But Obama, you know, he, he is... Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me getting older. But I do give a fuck about Obama's playlist in 2018, which is kind of crazy. Um, but so, during his presidency, Barack Obama not only tended to give... Or not only tended to his duties in office but also managed to become one of the most culturally relevant and in-touch figures of his kind. It was not uncommon for him to get involved in pop culture happenings and engage in social media in ways that stretch beyond just political updates. Um, Keeping up with his ways, Obama continued a tradition he started during his presidency, which was to share his list of favorite books, songs, books and songs from the year. Uh, take a look at the full list in his recent Facebook update. And first off, why the fuck are you using Facebook? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's some old people shit. Um, sorry, Obama, you're up there, though. Uh, as we know, he's always been a fan of hip hop. So it's no surprise to see he's included artists like Kendrick Lamar, Chance the Rapper, Jay-Z, Travis Scott, and DJ Khaled, as well as others like Daniel Caesar, Frank Ocean, and SZA. Um... One that stands out to me, I have to say, is Travis Scott. Like, what the fuck Travis Scott song is Obama listening to? Same with DJ Khaled. Um, everything else kind of makes sense. Obviously, you know, very pertinent, topical shit from Kendrick, from Chance, from Jay-Z. But Travis and Khaled? Um, I don't know, man. I couldn't see, I couldn't see Obama just fucking listening to uh 90210 or some shit you know (laughs) some don't pray for love uh goddamn though i don't know i think it's a dope tradition it's fascinating to know that i guess kind of that he listens to the same shit that that most of america listens to um but yeah i don't know just wanted to briefly run through that and mention that I don't know about that fucking... Is Travis Scott paying you, bro? Like, I could not see... Could you see Obama vibing to some Travis Scott? Maybe. I mean, that shit's dope. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's not dope. I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying I can't see it. Um, But now, staying within music or the music realm, um, it's been mentioned before in previous episodes, but now it's been confirmed. The rumors are true. And the full Coachella 2018 lineup is here. And uh, so late last month, reports surfaced regarding the headliners for Coachella 2018. As we previously revealed, rumors pinpointed The weekend, Beyonce, and Eminem as the renowned California Festival's trio of major performers. With the new year finally here, official confirmation of the aforementioned has emerged courtesy of the event organizer's official lineup announcement. Um... The December rumors are true. The weekend, Eminem, and Beyonce will all headline this year's Coachella. Besides the flyer-topping stars of the show, SZA, St. Vincent, Vince Staples, Tyler the Creator, David Byrne, 
uh, I don't know who that is, uh, Post Malone, Migos, Cardi B, Miguel, King Cruel, and more will also take the stage. Following last year's cancellation, Beyonce's, 28, uh, Beyonce's 2018 performance was announced this past May. You can take a look at the official Coachella 2018 lineup, revealing below, and uh, the festival will take place during the weekend of April 13th through the 15th and April 20th through the 23rd. So kind of interesting, I guess they're doing, you know, just a repeat. So they're doing it two weekends in a row, but the same, the entire same lineup, which is kind of dope. I don't think they've done it like that in the past, right? I think each weekend has been completely different, at least to my knowledge. So the weekend is headlining on Friday, April 13th and Friday, April the 20th, and uh, some of the Underperformers or like lead up performers of those days are uh, SZA, um, or at least some that I know or I'm a fan of. There's SZA, Vince Staples, as previously mentioned, Daniel Caesar, um, The Neighborhood, I fuck with The Neighborhood, uh, Black Coffee, Super Duper Kyle, um, Belly, let's see, Leon, um, I think that's about it that I recognize or that I would be excited for. Um, the Buttertones. Who the fuck? Um, oh, and the the Boogerins. Bro, the Boogerins are going to be there. Got to be there for that day then. Um, and then Saturday, April 14th and Saturday the 21st, is the those are the dates that Beyonce is headlining. And on the underperformers there are uh Haim, which I'm not too familiar with. Um but Tyler the Creator, uh let's see, Post Malone, um Chromio. Uh Chromio's dope as fuck. Like, you know, I, I just they just have a different vibe to their music. I've been listening to them for some time, man. Um Black Bear, I'm fucking with some of his music. Um Brockhampton, that's fucking huge. Marion Hill that's dope, um, Snake Hips, let's see, Wizkid, Georgia Smith, you fucking fine motherfucker, um, Flatbush Zombies, uh, Yeji, fuck, that, that lineup is crazy, man, I think that's like the last of them that I know of, or that I recommend, that I recognize, but, oh shit, the kittens, the kittens also, <laughs> on the 14th and the 21st um and then Eminem is headlining on uh both Sundays so Sunday April 15th and then Sunday April 22nd and some of those underperformers are um Portugal the man I mean that song's fucking huge the uh what is it I don't know what the fuck it's called but the rebel just for kicks you know you probably heard that song on the radio right it's fascinating what fucking Apple has done for that song. There was something like it was, it was the first the first alternative record to be on the on the Hot 100 in in like mad long, I think, or the only alternative to reach as high as it has. I don't know, some crazy shit, and I was just blown away by that being a direct result of the Apple effect. You know, that shit is crazy. Um but there's also Cardi B, goddamn, and Cardi B, briefly, I wanted to mention that 
before I was worried, you know, before when I spoke on Cardi, I was worried that I was excited for her. But ultimately, I was worried that, you know, one, would she be able to come with a follow up? And two, you know, just with all the pressure, would she be able to put out an entire album? You know, because before with with just moderate fame or moderate success, at least you have the chance to fuck up a couple times, you know? Like, there's not, the, the entire spotlight is not on you. But obviously with fucking Bodak launching her so high, you know, and, and into the spotlight as it has, I get how, you know, some artists, it fucks with them. And it's hard not, you know, to, to imagine that it wouldn't fuck with you. Um, but at least one of those is checked off. She fucking did it. Goddamn, what the fuck is it called? Uh, Cartier Barty, I think is the name of the single or the next single. God damn, dude. One, just her accent. Just her accent when she raps is not only dope as shit, uh, but it's the sexiest fucking thing, and then also 21 Savage's verse is fire, like, the way he comes in, the fucking, I don't know, dude, it's dope, though, and it's a very good follow-up, not, you know, and for that to be a follow, to try and follow up what Bodak did is saying something, and, and for her succeeding is saying something, that shit is crazy, I'm very hopeful, um, for the album, I mean, it's still, what, you gotta, 10, 12 tracks, you know, so, let's see, and, and then, varied content, I wanna hear her get a little introspective on some shit, um, but she has mentioned in interviews that she just makes what she likes, you know, she's just like, I, I just like that shit, the sound of, you know, just, uh, like, what, I guess, trap music, um, and, you know, so that's what she makes, so I don't know if we would ever really get an introspective record out of her, um, but hopefully we'll get some varied content, you know, maybe a slower Cardi, I don't know, I'm just anxious, man, I'm anxious, she's obviously extremely talented, and, uh, she's performing under pressure, like, goddamn, that song is dope as shit, if you guys haven't checked it out, you you guys probably have, you probably heard it, um, but if you haven't, check this shit out, it's dope, I mean, if you fucked with Bodak, this is gonna be on repeat for you, um, but alright, yeah, so Cardi on the Sunday shows, Miguel, um, King Cruel, uh, let's see, French Montana, if you're into that, uh, Black, fucking huge fan, Russ, goddamn, dude, um, Let's see, Dej Loaf, uh, Petite Biscuit, um, Princess Nokia, Jadena, um, fuck, solid lineups, bro, solid lineups, would you guys ever go to Coachella, or have you ever been, one, what was it like, and, uh, I, I would like to go, you know, I really would, but, uh, it seems so crazy priced, man, and to plan out a weekend like that, I don't know, bro, um, but it would be dope, and I want to go to one at least sometime, you know, uh, 
but good luck picking a fucking day here i mean these are decently the talent at least for me in shows that i would want to check out is pretty evenly spread out um i think my my pick would probably be the weekend's night like if i had to pick a day i would probably pick the friday show for the weekend um i don't know it's so difficult man because there's so many fucking performers i just think it's one it's overwhelming as fuck just looking at this at this lineup i'm overwhelmed um but two i think it would be such a fucking experience you know just to be there and just to vibe i don't know um but yeah kind of crazy and kind of crazy that there's so many you know huge artists when it used to be indie like that's kind of what my first impression was uh or my first question to you guys was kind of when we first got those rumors of the weekend m and beyonce possibly headlining it's like wow those are legendary artists you know certainly m and beyonce and uh and I don't know, man, to think that this used to be like an indie event with just a fuck ton of random artists just, you know, performing music, creating vibes and just, yeah, chilling, you know. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just now that it's getting commercial. I mean, clearly it's commercial, but uh, I don't know if that's necessarily bad. I think it kind of just makes way for another Coachella format you know, like, the new Coachella, um, but I don't know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the most opposed to it, you know, it's dope to go, and whatever the tickets cost, like, just imagine how many performers you're being able to see, and then, you know, I mean, for, for one price, that's kind of fucking crazy, man, um, when you think about the value, but, uh, staying within music news, very exciting music news um a new good music soundcloud and revamped site services sparking cruel winter speculation uh so a verified good music soundcloud page recently surfaced online fans took to social media to express their excitement that cruel winter could possibly be coming out the project has been teased for years The fact that the page is verified is huge. It establishes the legitimacy that the label is behind the account, and it's a positive sign that the follow-up project to Good Music's 2012 Cruel Summer LP is on the way. 2012, dude? God damn, that was forever ago. Um, Yeah, a bit overdue, I'll say. Additionally, the collective site has been revamped with a countdown, leading us to further speculate the validity of the aforementioned drop. Uh, Back in August, reports came out that Kanye West and Kid Cudi are working on a special project in Japan, um, which I'm extremely fucking excited for. Anything between those two artists, between that much talent, like, fuck yeah. Um, And that, like, fucking formed my entire creative side, like, and my fucking my whole childhood and my growing up, all that shit. As with you guys, I'm sure it did as well. Um, Kanye and Kid Cudi are hugely impactful for my generation. Um, but last year, Travis Scott visited Hot 97 and shared that Cruel Winter will feature all members of Good Music and was coming out February 2017. Um, clearly not true, Travis. You know, clearly some bullshit. But uh, I get the sentiment. I get those were probably the intentions. But I don't know, man. I'm extremely fucking excited. I don't want to get too hopeful. 
uh, give us a single first, and then I'll get excited. But, uh, you know, because, fuck, 2012. Goddamn, man, that's a bit overdue, I'll say. Um, But there's hope, guys. There's fucking hope, if you guys are excited for it. Did you guys fuck with Cruel Summer? I know uh, it... I don't know. I I guess it was just good at the time. And now in retrospect, it's actually gotten better for me. You know, I find myself returning to it more. But uh, there's still a couple tracks that are just kind of like, eh. I don't know. Um, But as a whole, the project's getting better for me. And I would say it was like a great project. Um, And I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more, man. From that much talent. Especially once you're talking about good music. The entire label. Like, that's fucking pure talent, bro. At least in my opinion. Um, so, are you guys excited? I'm hoping this is confirmation. Again, I don't want to get hopes too high. Uh, let's wait for a single. But there is hope. There's hope. Um, so, now getting into what corporate America, the future of what will be news. Uh, Amazon taking over the world news. Um, Amazon might be buying Target to take on Walmart. Which is fucking crazy. Uh, but as Jeff Bezos and Amazon continue to strive for total world domination, really no exaggeration. That's kind of what it seems like. Uh, one expert is even predicting that the e-commerce company will acquire Target at some point in 2018 per Business Insider. Uh, Amazon will acquire Target. <laughs> it's just fucking straight out. Uh, Loop Ventures analyst Gene Munster insisted when listing his predictions for the new year. Amazon believes the future of retail is a mix of mostly online and some offline, which is interesting, but it makes sense, right? Um, Munster went on to add, Target is the ideal offline partner for Amazon for two reasons, shared demographic and manageable but comprehensive store count. Um, Such a move would seemingly leave the likes of Walmart worried catapulting Amazon's stateside store count to more than 2,300, which is nearly half of Walmarts. Um, It seems like there's way more Walmarts, right? I don't know. That number seems super low. 4,000 Walmarts, bro? I see one everywhere I go. Maybe even two. Um, All right. Just last year, Amazon showed a concerted effort to become a player in offline retail by purchasing Whole Foods for 13.4 billion US dollars. Um so yeah. Pretty much they're taking over. Um and that's that we got to we got to deal with it. Um that is exciting though, really to think. I don't know, actually <laughs> I I worry a little bit that you know, with this monopoly shit, you know, with it being Amazon versus Walmart and those being like our two options, that's kind of fucking crazy, man. But first buying Whole Foods and now Target, it makes sense. It makes sense. When you have a business that big, it makes sense to want to continue to grow and improve where you see that you can improve. Um... I mean, the shopping experience will be streamlined, I guess. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, to see what type of development this forces, not only from Walmart, but the type of, you know, the development that Amazon sees that it could bring to the retail space. Because I believe it was Amazon, right, that had the, uh, what was it, like the Amazon Go 
in Seattle or something like that, the store, you know, where, where you walk in and there's no cash register, no cashiers or anything. You just walk in, grab your shit, and the door, sen- like some sensors in the doorway sense it on your way out. And, you know, and then you're later billed for it. Um, I believe that's kind of how it worked. I don't know. Uh, but fascinating to think that, you know, because once you have that many locations, you can start, you know, improving it in ways that you previously couldn't have, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how well targets are doing as a whole, really. Um, but I don't know. That shit's fascinating, man. It is. It's really fucking fascinating to me. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I kind of, I do have concerns, though, that it's like a, mo- a monopoly that's forming. Um, I mean, each week, it seems like, or each month, you know, Amazon is in a new space, you know, buying up another company. And uh, so I don't know. That kind of worries me a little bit, you know, and then also the thought of, only having a choice to shop at fucking, uh, well, I don't know if it would even, it obviously probably wouldn't even be Target, it would just be Amazon, Amazon something, they would put some shit on the name, but, you know, just between Amazon and Walmart, like, those are your two choices, um, so I don't know, what do you guys think of Amazon taking over and buying into all these areas, it's kind of fucking crazy, right, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited, I'm cautious, though. Um, Definitely cautious. All right. Now, lastly, this Logan Paul shit. So, um, YouTube star Logan Paul is facing a huge heap of backlash on the Internet today after posting. Mind you, this was what? Yesterday. Um, So Logan's Logan Paul is facing a huge heap of backlash on the Internet after posting a controversial vlog containing a dead body. Um, While on a trip to Japan, Paul and friends decided to visit the infamous suicide forest and document it. While there, the group sadly discovered a suicide victim and decided to film the corpse, making a few tasteless jokes, and then uploaded it to YouTube. Um, The film has now been removed from the site. The film? uh, For sure, it's just a video, bro. Uh... But not after a massive uproar from fans, celebrities, and other stars of the YouTube community. Paul has since shared an apology video on YouTube and Twitter, but the internet isn't having it, especially other vloggers. Um, now, mind you, just for record, I believe he has posted a second apology since. Um, I haven't watched either, though, to be completely honest with you. I don't even know that I would care to, um, in all honesty. Uh, but... YouTubers will YouTube, and many of the platform stars have created reaction videos to Paul's vlog, including PewDiePie, who's no stranger to controversy, True Gordy, Comedy Shorts Gamer, and Boogie2988. Um, so, you guys can watch all those responses. They all have response videos. There is a tweet. Who was it? I know that... Well, I'll get into that in a second, but um, there were a couple of tweets... Uh, a couple of responses that I saw posted on Twitter from creators that I, that I follow, obviously. And, uh, and one of them was, uh, the most pertinent one, I guess I would say, or the most just, uh, valuable, 
word of advice is is definitely kind of what I would describe it as was from Casey Neistat. Um, and he said, Dear Logan, in your apology, you stated your intention was to raise awareness for suicide and suicide prevention. Why not use this shitty situation you put yourself in to follow through on that? You could make a donation to the National Suicide Lifeline or give airtime to your YouTube on your YouTube channel to experts in the field to share more information about prevention or even work with suicide prevention nonprofits to make PSAs about suicide prevention. Uh, these are basic responses. Perhaps someone who better understands the needs and opportunities to help could give better suggestions to start redirecting this horrible situation you've created into something that could be a meaningful contribution to suicide awareness and prevention. Um, huge bit of, of advice, I feel like, from Casey. Um, and I've seen something... What was it? There were other creators that also mentioned that that's, that seems like the way to go at least in the immediate, you know, like in the short term. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, it's, it's fucking, it's expected. I can't say I would expect more from someone like Logan Paul. Um, I obviously, I do not watch his content, but I do know of the following. He has amassed him and his brother and uh, it was interesting because just last, what, just last week, H3 um, had a podcast on uh, the on Logan Paul and his brother. I keep fucking drawing a blank on his brother's name right now, though. Um, but Logan Paul and his brother and their merch and just how they choose to shamelessly market to, you know, a largely child-based audience. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, they, I don't know if it was perfect timing cause they got that out and it's topical on, on at least who it's about. And then this happened. I kind of feel like it's also a missed opportunity. Obviously they didn't know this shit would happen, but, um, yeah, in it, they, they just talk about how, um, just how they shamelessly plug their merch constantly and they go through, uh, a couple of their videos, their music videos, and uh, it's just fascinating, man, that you can just put out, as long as you have the following, you can put out some bullshit-ass music. I mean, this shit is awful, dude. Like, the one that I had seen was, like, uh, a Christmas-themed shit. I think each of them had, like, a Christmas video. I don't know, there was one, I think it was Logan Paul, who had this kid, I guess one of his followers in the video and you know he he saw his response to one of Logan Paul's videos or one of his videos and then flew him out and had him in this video and it was just the shittiest the shittiest music I've ever heard but there's a following for it and that's fucking crazy and the merch is present throughout. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. I don't want to get too far into that. Um, let's stick on this this uh, this uh, current fucking situation he's gotten himself into. Um, so I don't know. Let's thinking from his perspective. Could you be desensitized enough 
Because it's so easy to just say, could you be stupid enough? Could you be desensitized enough to know that recording a body, to know in the moment and and therefore after when you're fucking editing the shit or say you have editors when you're approving the shit, do you have the conscious and like the wherewithal to know that that is not only an extremely poor taste, but extremely disrespectful. You know, like, is that dude's life content to you? You know, because there's a, re- a very real fucking story that that man obviously had, you know, a very real fucking life that you're just exploiting in the, in the clearest sense of exploitation. You are exploiting that, you know, unfortunately dead man's life or or his taking of it. Um, It's hard to say, though, because if you're, you know, to put yourself in his position in Logan Paul's where you are making hundreds of thousands, if not millions on, you know, bullshit ass merch bullshit ass music and and mind you I don't I'm trying to hold myself back from you know including my thoughts on the shit like on his on his merch and music and all that shit but it's kind of hard um you know but you're you're just so you're making hundreds of thousands if not millions on merch that you're selling to these kids on you know music that you're just churning out and kids are, you know, they're just, they're loving it. And then, you know, so you're you're just getting richer and richer by the day. And you're just bullshitting, you know, in your videos. Like, essentially just fucking around in the music videos, in your daily videos. And that's your content. And you're getting rich off of it. Um, and you're young. I don't know. He's, what, in his 20s, I would say? Early 20s? Um... And so you have all that money, that that big of a following. I mean, your future looks very promising, especially with the following you've amassed. And so do you have in that in that moment when you're searching for content in this suicide forest, which I don't know if his initial was in, his initial intention with going purely was to spread suicide awareness. I obviously think that whole oh, well, it was to do this, that is a pure PR move, and it's purely bullshit, at least to me, it's pretty uh, transparent, but, um, so let's say you're going to that suicide forest to, quote-unquote, spread awareness, right, and you're, you know, it's no, it's no surprise you're also going there for content, you're going there to create content, And when you're constantly vlogging and what you view as content, as a content goldmine, likely is how you would view it. When you stumble upon something like this, you can't help but record at the, you know, and jump at that opportunity. So that's the first misstep, you know, which is crazy. Like, I don't know if, if. I don't think I would, you you would have to have a certain amount of common sense, right? To be like, oh shit, this shit just got real, fuck the vlog, turn the cameras off, like there's actually someone here that has passed, you know? 
but you're telling me that maybe, okay, maybe because he's in such a mode of creating content that he doesn't have that discretion and he views it as he stumbled upon a content gold mine and he says, all right, let's see what we can do with this. Maybe we'll cut it later, whatever. Um, so you you set that aside or you don't even have that that discretion, right? You continue to record. You make jokes with the body, which I'm not aware of. I did not watch the video. Um, and then you later in screening the video, whether you, I, I doubt he edits it, but I, you know, I'm sure he approves it, the final cut. You decide that that's, yeah, we can do that. You know, we might get some shit for this, but uh, all publicity is good publicity, right? And unfortunately, that's what I think it boils down to is, uh, you know, this will be a slap on the wrist. He, if he's smart, he'll donate money. But at the end of the day, it's just publicity. You know, now the parents of those kids know who he is if they didn't before. Or now, obviously, I'm talking about Logan Paul, which I never fucking thought I would have. But uh, I felt the need to. I felt like this shit is ridiculous that it's it was i don't know i just wanted to dissect the topic on here with you guys um through conversation and uh i don't know man and then also for him to have such a large following of kids and for them to see that shit like from reports from all reports actually showing the body like what the fuck i don't know man um and then philly d uh, Philip DeFranco, who is a YouTube, a fellow YouTube creator, uh, he, one of his tweets was interesting to me because he mentioned, you know, keep in mind, before all the outrage, there was, what did he say, 500,000 views on the video, you know, before all the outrage of, you know, and that, that clearly being people who were okay with the content. So I think he he was mentioning that to make a larger point that, I don't know, just that the audience didn't even think to be bothered by it. I don't know, man. Uh, it's hard to say because then Joe Rogan, when he was responding to it, because on a recent podcast with Brian Redband, uh, Brian brought up the topic and Joe just mentioned, well, wait, why is that bad? Just because you're not supposed to make jokes around a dead body you know because like jokes are all good but once someone's dead you can't do that and i don't think it's necessarily that i mean you can joke wherever the fuck you want it's just that obviously exercise discretion and and just to put yourself not even in that person's position but say that person's family like there was one tweet here mind you i don't know who this person is jesse well um but they said in a tweet i lost my mom to mental illness and suicide almost exactly two years ago from this day if someone came across her and filmed her put it on youtube and joked about it i would rip their fucking throat out I don't understand where his head was at, but this is no, this is not a joke. Um, and that shit gives me chills, man, to think of your family member in that position. Like, what the fuck? 
And that that's really the only conclusion I can come to is that he's so insulated and his world, his perception of the world is so distorted that this was somewhat, I, I think even with his distorted perception, he knew that this was, there was going to be backlash. Um, regardless of if he's seen it being this big, who knows? Um, but I think that he just viewed it as it's content and, and it's just, it's okay. Uh, I don't know, man, but even, uh, you know, not, not an even bigger topic, but, uh, also as interesting to me is what YouTube will do, how they will address this because it's no surprise or, or, you know, to most people that watch YouTube, you know, likely whoever you watch on YouTube has been affected by the adpocalypse, by, you know, YouTube shitty demonetization, their algorithm or whatever they call it. Um, you know, likely creators you watch regularly have been affected and they're having to just imagine that shit. Everything you've worked for, everything you've grown, developed over years, the audience, and you know, that platform is just completely pulled from you. You know, you put in five, 10 years with this company and now you're told that they're not going to pay you or they're, you know, it's just fucking mind blowing that YouTube can fumble this like this, um, but it's interesting to think how they will, how they will address this, and how they will punish Logan Paul, if at all, um, I don't think there will be much done, obviously the video has been taken down, but what the fuck does that mean, I mean, he's all everyone's talking about, um, he doesn't need to have his video up, if you're talking about just exposure, there are now, you know, hundreds of thousands of other YouTube content creators and podcasters and everything else, you know, every other platform that's talking about him now. And so clearly, if you're just viewing whatever exposure as good exposure, clearly, you know, he, he's good on that. And so it's interesting to think that if there's no discipline, this was a net positive for him that's what's disturbing to me um but i don't know guys i mean it's it's just i i really don't think youtube with him being such a huge creator on the platform and youtube seemingly favoring you know the the bigger creators um i don't think there will be repercussions i don't think his channel will be deactivated i don't think uh I don't know. I really can't even see any type of repercussion, any any avenue that YouTube would realistically go down. Um, I think this will be a, you know, a, a slap on the wrist, his biggest slap on the wrist yet. And then he will continue to create. Maybe he'll slow down a little bit to kind of clear his name. Um, but I don't know, guys. It's extremely fucking... It's, it's just... I, I don't even fucking understand it. How you can be that... You can have a perception that warped. You know, the the world that you live in. That was okay. Um, I don't know. And I, I largely feel that way when, when I put myself in the position of... You know, thinking of from that guy's position. 
or from his family's position. I don't know, man. Uh, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. Um, but I think this will actually, you know, thinking about it more now, I think this will be a huge, um, one of the big missteps, maybe the last final big misstep, uh, on YouTube's part, because clearly they're pushing their creators out, and I think it's only a matter of time, whether it be through Facebook Watch, or whether it be through Amazon, whatever video streaming, you know, content creator they have going, um, for video content similar to YouTube, I think it's only a matter of time before a creator-oriented platform pops up. That's all you need to do, right? I mean, it sounds easy. Um, and I think it just is that. Like, YouTube has fucked up so bad that it really just opens this avenue for other companies to make a platform that functions better and cares more for creators, um, for the people who make your fucking site, you know? Um... I really think this will be one of the last straws, one of the last, you know, missteps. And I think really in 2018, we will see YouTube's competition definitely surface. If not, we'll see the decline of YouTube. Um, and by 2019, we'll, there will be an entirely new platform. Maybe some some shit with Amazon. I mean, look at what Jeff Bezos is doing with everything else, with Target, with fucking everything. And maybe even YouTube will be bought up and, you know, reheaded in a better direction. Um, it's, it's not hard to imagine a better direction. Any, any other direction, literally, than the direction you're going is better, you know, at least in YouTube's perspective. I, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, we'll see that's the only thing i'm really interested in with this story uh again i think there will be no repercussions i think it will be his biggest slap on the wrist yet and then within a month he'll be back to regular content he'll be back to selling merch uh you know shelling out merch shelling out his you know fucking music that his following enjoys um but for YouTube, I think this, this these next steps are huge. So I'll keep you guys updated with whatever YouTube's reaction is. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys feel about the whole situation? Do you expect any backlash? Um, I obviously think the most backlash, if any, will come from followers. But then there's so much exposure that it's hard to imagine that you can't find a net positive from from something that, you know, with so much outreach, or a story with so much outreach, um, but yeah, what do you guys think the repercussions will be, and how do you hope YouTube reacts, what do you think is a just reaction, so, with that being said, I'm sorry guys, that one went long, uh, but I just wanted to have an open conversation with you guys, and really just kind of think on the topic, you know, think through it as I'm discussing it with you guys, um, so with that being said, I fucking love you guys, that concludes the podcast, um, yeah, I fucking love you guys, and thank you for your support, I appreciate each and every fucking one of you guys, and, uh, you'll be hearing more from me soon, peace guys.